Uh, welcome back to a uh, edition of Comic Book Fridays for Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. Uh, and, we and edition. Gone. <laughs> in an edition. In addition, an edition. An edition. Uh, it's it's definitely an edition. Uh, and we've been uh doing uh some fan conspiracies. Haven't really had time to do the deep dives into uh some of the more juicy stuff of comic books. So uh, we're gonna talk about uh She Hulk that ah, just started yes. uh literally the other day. Yeah. So uh, when you guys are listening to this, it will have been out for exactly one day. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so uh, hopefully uh, you took away some of the things we took away from it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. What about you, Kev? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I've never actually seen Tatiana Maslany in anything before, so uh, okay. she, she was killing it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, nice. All right, so before we get to that, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the books that have come out and some of the stuff I've read uh, before we get into the episode. Uh, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, have you uh, picked up any books, read any books lately? Any comic books lately? Yeah. Uh, no. There is one that I'm planning on getting, The Batman Who Laughs, uh, the entire series that came out. Uh, it's on sale right now on uh, Google Play Books. I'm just waiting. What I'm waiting for, I don't know. It's mostly because <laughs> I, I have that Google Rewards thing. I'm like 50 cents. So I'm like two... Uh, rewards away from getting it. So okay, okay. So once that happens, well, I'll get that and I'll be reading that whole whole thing. I read that one. That's pretty neat. Nice. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So as usual, I've been keeping up with my X Men comic books. We've seen the Hellfire Gala come and go. We know that the uh truth of their resurrection their ability to resurrect mutants who have died has been released to the public and predictably and unpredictably uh normal ass humans are uh you know upset about it because you know why aren't you raising our kids and they're like yo dude it doesn't work that way but of course that's not how people react to things uh and then uh i don't know if anybody remembers but um during one of our comic book fridays we did talk about how uh some big revelations came to uh the eternals so the eternals found out that the uh way the machine resurrects them is it takes a human life to resurrect their body which is like a major conflict for them because their whole goal is to protect humanity against them Pretty much anything, uh, including excess deviation, killing a human to be resurrected uh, is definitely against that. And then they also basically found out that the uh, true inheritors of the Earth are not supposed to be uh, humans, but um, uh, mutants. Not not deviants, mutants specifically. Nice. Uh, In addition to that, Kevin, uh, during the marauders storyline we find out that the shi'ar empire had a major conflict with a civilization of mutants on earth billions of years ago so this is probably the group of uh quote-unquote deviants that got uh destroyed by the second host of celestials uh a mutant 
uh, civilization called Threshold uh, that was basically the main civilization on Earth. So that's that's they haven't dived deep into like what that whole thing is, but they've talked about its existence. So it's it's now canon. Um, cool. So that's really interesting. And then uh, Judgment Day is upon us. No, how many? There are only two up. Two. Uh, uh, there are issues, two right? main issues out, and there is uh, at least two tie-ins. There's uh, Immortal X Men number five, and there is X Men Red number five. The uh, X Men number thirteen came out this week, which is also a tie-in, and X Force uh, number thirty hmm. came out this week in addition to um, AXE. Uh, Death to the Mutants number one. So it's it's in full swing. Um, I haven't read the second issue of Judgment Day. I've only read the first one. Uh, but it is a doozy. A doozy? A doozy. You want to give some people the rundown on that one real quick? Yeah, for sure. So um, what you see in that issue is uh, the... Uh, first assault of the Eternals on the island of Krakoa. Uh, they use some of their uh, less known uh, brethren to attempt to assassinate the uh, group of mutants that resurrect the, the fallen. Um, so that's a group called the Five, uh, which I'm going to probably mess up remembering. It's Egg, Proteus, Hope, Summers, and then it's... Yeah, that's it. I can only remember three of them, but uh, <laughs> that's the like a, a core three. Um, there's you know five individuals that uh, can, when working in tandem, um, resurrect mutants. Huh. And so they, they assassinate Egg, but he had uh, created husks ahead of time because they... Uh, set up like contingencies for you know if that very thing happened so there are pre-made husks for all of those five individuals uh just in case um and at the end of the issue they find out that the core council of Krakoa was distracted by a psychic attack from a unimind uh from various factions of eternals um so they were like locked in mental battle. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the issue, uh, a sect of Eternals, which have never been shown before, but have been named called the Hex, uh, turn out to be uh, essentially what looks like giant robots. Um, they, Everything like, looks like giant robots. Right, yeah. They come out from from the, the ocean... Um, and uh, that is picked up in Immortal X-Men 5 with uh, the mutant known as Exodus, uh, who uh, begins fighting them, um, which is his interesting power set. Uh, he apparently gains power when people believe in him. So uh, he's kind of like a messiah figure for some mutants. So the more mutants that believe in him the more powerful he gets okay so he's he's very powerful and he's very old uh so he's 
engaged with fighting those uh, giant robot Eternals. Um, <laughs> that's that's where we're at right now. Okay. Uh, I think that's at the, least the first uh, the first that's book. The first issue, yeah. That's uh, cool. Next issue, I probably predict that uh, Avengers are probably going to get involved with um, trying to, you know, bring the peace, or at least try to separate the parties. Got seems it. likely. Uh, but I'm big excite, big excite, big excite, much, much love, much excite. And then, uh, so uh, don't forget to check out League of Comic Geeks for uh, your new comics for the week. You can also create pull lists. You can create um, uh, my comics, so like a list of your comic books. You can uh, connect to your local comic book store if they have set up uh, to get your pull list from this website. So you can update, change, remove things, add things to your pull list for your comic book shop through this website. And if your comic book store is not a member of this website, you can um, ask them to get set up because apparently it's not hard because my uh, bookstore just uh, got uh, online with that website. So uh, Marvel is going to give us a whole lot of Judgment Day goodness. We got X-Men 13. Uh, We got the continuing uh, Banner of War with Hulk number eight. That's a cool cover. It's got the Hulk uh, holding Mjolnir. Uh, We've got Daredevil number two, which is the Legacy 650th book. Um, We have New Mutants number 28. Uh, There's Star Wars number 26. We got Strange number five. It looks like uh, uh, the current Doctor Strange is trying to resurrect her husband. And maybe she succeeds. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Edge of Spider-Verse number two. If you're into Spider-Verse, they're doing a limited uh, three-book series uh, of stories of Edge of the Spider-Verse. So uh, pick those up if you want to see some more alternative takes on Spider-Man. We got AXE, Death to the Mutants, number one. Um, I don't know about you, Kev, but uh, I did enjoy Spider Verse. I thought it was cool. The the uh, movie. Yeah, the movie. I also have the book. There's a second one it. coming out it's very good. soon, isn't there? Um, yeah, Into I believe so. I think yeah. It's um, either later this year, or early next year. Well, I think it's 2023, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good movie. Uh, first time mm-hmm. that Sony had led a Spider-Man project in a long time, other than. Uh, Venom, but even well, that's don't forget not it's Morbin time. What? Don't oh, Morbius. Morbius. Well, that was after Into the Spider Verse. That was so. after, yeah. So I'm not going to count that one because <laughs> we're not going to talk about it. We'll talk about Morbius. <laughs> no, no, we don't talk about Morbius. <laughs> uh, <laughs> X Force uh, number thirty, which is also the first issue that Deadpool will be rejoining the team. Cool. So, maybe like I don't know about you, but I'm big excited for that too. Like, I'm big excited for the fact that we're going to get an R-rated Disney movie. Yes, from Deadpool, which they did announce in their timeline of stuff, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. There's a lot of good stuff on the horizons. 
Um, well, yeah. I know a lot of people complain about how much they're throwing out all at once, but I don't think it's that much. I mean, it's I mean, well enough spaced that I think really, we're good. Yeah, it it's pretty pretty well paced. I think it's kind. I, I honestly don't think you'll probably need to see everything to be in the know, because I'm sure they'll have not all of it intertwines yeah. together. Um, I mean, if you're gonna watch She-Hulk, it's probably best that you've watched. I mean, anything that that um, Hulk has been in. In the last, I would say 12, at least the years. last two Avenger movies would be. That's the most important, the biggest, at least. Most um, relevant thing, yeah. Because as we'll get into, there are some things that they throw out there that aren't super important to the story. I mean, it may be a good thing that you watched the Hulk from two thousand and eight, that movie. But I mean, not a hundred percent necessary. Yeah. Uh, we got Captain Marvel, number 40. We got the Star Wars The Mandalorian, number 2. There's uh, X-Men 92, House of 92, number 4. Savage Avengers, number 4. The second team is, is uh, winding up to be pretty cool. Uh, you got Weapon H, Anti-Venom, uh, Elektra, and uh, others. And it's, it's nice. It's it feels just as visceral as the last team. And then uh, Kev, uh, Avengers 1 million BC number one is coming out where they are going to discuss the actual uh, origin of Thor uh, that will be like the new canon uh, of his like where he was born from. Ah. Yeah, because they're, they're setting him up to be uh, a child of the Phoenix. The, the Phoenix Force? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see where the, the multiverse stuff goes, but I'm not going to hang up on that too much because we got a lot to talk about for She-Hulk. Uh, we got yeah. Iron Cat, number three. That's Black Cat in some Iron Man-like armor. Has cat ears. It's pretty cute. Uh, Fortnite uh, times Marvel. Zero War, number three. I don't know if that's relevant to Marvel at all. Uh, I think you get a skin if you buy it. Uh, you can probably also get that skin for free or for money. I'm guessing probably money because uh, Epic likes money. So mm-hmm. uh, go and get your skin either by buying the comic book and getting a free skin or buying the skin and not getting a comic book, which would be stupid. Don't do it that way. Uh, X-Men Unlimited, X-Men Green number one. Uh, we've got Miss Marvel and Moon Knight number one. Uh, we've got uh, is that it for Marvel. That's it for Marvel. All right. I think that's all I want to talk about. I think we're only going to talk about Marvel today. Okay. Let's keep it at Marvel. That sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Check out leagueofcomicgeeks.com or uh, the full release for the weeks. So it'll give you all uh, of the individual um, uh, book publishers. It'll give you the a little synopsis on each issue. You can add them to your pull list. You can remove them from your pull list. You can add them to your collection. Uh, I would love to talk about all the publishers every episode, uh, but we ain't got the time for that. So mm. onwards to She-Hulk. Onwards to She-Hulk. So I guess we should talk about like how She-Hulk started. 
well, first of all, the first uh, appearance was the Savage She-Hulk number one, February 1980, uh, created by John Buscema and or Buscema, I don't really know how to pronounce that name, and Stan Lee. Alter Ego, Jennifer Walters. Um, I guess, in the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, in the comic books, she receives a blood transfusion after having been shot by a mobster. Uh, of whom she was defending their enem- uh, his enemy in court. And Bruce just happened to be around with her, and the only blood supply was his own, so he gave it to her. And then, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the the comic book origin. That's the comic book origin. What was real cool is that it came back... It, it made more sense the way that it happened in uh, the show. So yeah. for those spoiler spoiler alert for everybody on what's on on the show. So if you haven't watched the show, don't listen to us because we're gonna go pretty deep into it. <clears throat> In the show, um, they get into a car accident. Now I know some I know for a fact that someone's gonna complain about the little device that keeps him human. Oh, you mean the uh, like hastily put together prop? Oh, come on. <laughs> Jeez, you're going to be the one to complain. No, it it was fine. It was on screen for less than like half 10 a second. Seconds. It was less than half a second. I barely even saw what it looked like. Uh, it it was. I'm sure it's literally only going to be. It's probably a calculator attached to his to his wrist. With they might tape. as well have taped a calculator, like a TI-85 or whatever, to his wrist because it's it's that it's not important. The they didn't even have to show it, like, personally. They could have just been like, oh, I've got this thing on my wrist, and it, it allows me to stay more human. And that's all they would have had to allows do. Allows him to stay human entirely. And that, that was the basis for why he was able to be cut so easily, because if he doesn't turn into the Hulk, he's not going to be protected by uh, the Hulk's abilities. Yeah, so... Uh, so they, they end up... Being, potentially you know, set up the death of Bruce Banner if he's going to continue wearing that. seems unlikely that that's going to happen only because he was in the post credit scene for Shang-Chi. Right. Which means he's probably going to show back up at some point. Um, and I, th- it's so hard to tell what the um, <clears throat> timeline is, but I think I was reading that Shang-Chi actually takes place after uh, the events of She-Hulk. I feel like they're going to have to start making sure things are in like linear order kind of soon cuz all this bopping around back and forth is I mean it's happening not it's really. not happening super far apart from each other it's just happening so it's She-Hulk and then uh Shang-Chi is happening in the same year so it's probably months away or apart from each other and so they're getting close. So the events are getting closer together, and the timeline is getting slightly more confusing. And it's only going to get more worse, or much worse, because of the fact that um, we're jumping through the multiverse as well. So there's that. <clears throat> anyway, so the car accident happens uh, because of a Sakaran very similar to the sex ship of the Grand Master <laughs> shows up right in front of them and 
I think what I find most interesting, and this is obviously going to be a plot point that shows up sometime in the future for a different episode, is that Bruce was like not phased by it at all. Did you notice how when they when they talk yeah. about it in the show, he's completely unfazed. He's like, he's yeah, like, oh, that yeah, was a Sakaran starship. It was probably here to deliver a message to me. And I'm like, hold on. Wait a second. What are you doing with the Sakarans, number one? What the hell's happening back on Sakar? So, I don't know how that plays into it. Did, did anything happen in Thor Love and Thunder? Because I still haven't seen it. That would explain any of that. No, it there is nothing about uh, Sekar in Thor: Love and Thunder. Okay. That was all uh, concerning like Earth and like a, the, a place called Olympia, which is not the Eternals' homeworld, but like uh, the Greek god Olympia. Not not Olympus. Um, it's a specific place where gods go to gather in outer space. Ah, okay. Well, so this this random ship shows up. They crash. Bruce cuts his, cuts himself. Uh, Tatiana Maslany's character, Jennifer Walters, cuts herself as well. And the blood sort of mixes together inside of her. Um and it well, starts to, to me it looks like just a little bit of blood gets on her like open wound yeah basically then, he bleeds yeah. into her into her open wound and that's all all it requires to mutate uh <clears throat> to mutate her at all so she ends up uh becoming a, a she-hulk right away that sort of runs off into the woods beats up a couple of bikers at a bar um and then we discover that she apparently can control it which is not uncommon in the comic books. Apparently she was very good at controlling herself back and forth. Like she retained her intelligence. Yes. Uh, only recently have they done storylines where she was, has less control. Got it. Which makes like two or three years, I think. Yeah. So, uh, I think, I mean, for those who are unaware of who Tatiana Maslany is, which I'm sure at this point you really should be. Um, shouldn't be. You should compl- be completely aware of who she is. She's pretty big in a lot of different things. Big, biggest thing most recently is Orphan Black. I've never seen it, but I hear it was very good. Um, apparently she was in Parks and Recreation for a couple episodes. I was going to say, she looked familiar and I... Only saw an episode or two of Orphan Black. Yeah, Orphan Black was her big, uh, her big break kind of thing. Some other things include. Um, trying to look for something that I would recognize. Uh, 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 I, don't, I guess she's been in Drunk History before. Nice for an episode. Um, Perry Mason, TV series from 2020, as Sister Alice McKeegan. Troll Hunters, Rise of the Titans, Uh, now She-Hulk, and then Invitation to a Bonfire, another TV series. She's a big TV series actor, actress. Um... What I think I find more interesting is how little... First of all, we don't even hear 
uh, Jamila Jamil's character is in the in the show. Yeah, no, you don't you don't hear her name, and if she was saying something, I couldn't understand what she was. She saying. only had like two lines, and none of them were like any anything other than reactionary lines. Like I think one of her lines was, "Who the hell are you?" Oh yeah, right. And she's like, "I'm Jennifer Walters, attorney at law, or something like that." Attorney at law. But we never we do we have no idea what her name is. All we see is Jennifer Walters, She Hulk out, and uh, like tackle Titania after having a Kool Aid moment. What I'd like to know is what in the hell was she doing there in the first place? What what did she break into the courthouse for? So comic right. book. <laughs> it, it is so comic book, yeah. It's like, why? We don't know what's going on. Uh, I think we should what talk for a, I think we should talk for a second about the fact that She-Hulk, especially because I'm certain that other than our hardcore comic book fan people, they, they don't know the history of She-Hulk's um, fourth wall breaking. Ryan, did I lose uh, you? <laughs> no, I'm here. I, I can't say that I've read enough of her books to, to know that that was a thing. It is. It is, apparently. And the director, Jessica Gao, um, wants to pay homage to the original writer and artist, John Byrne, and his legendary comic book series, The Sensational She-Hulk, um, by, by letting her break the fourth wall, so... It's not, it wasn't uncommon, apparently. There were, <clears throat> sorry, there were She-Hulk issues that would show her ability to break the fourth wall. For example, there was one where she was dressed up in, like, a sexy outfit or something, and she addressed the, um, <clears throat> she addressed the audience as, okay, I'll admit this cover has nothing to do with the story this month, but I've got something, i got to do something to sell this book. <laughs> so okay. Uh he would do a lot of those things. A lot of the covers would have her addressing the audience directly. Uh there were also some times where she would be running over the advertisements in the comic books. Um sometimes stealing shit from the comic book covers or or backs. Uh, you, know, you know, basically breaking the fourth wall was a huge thing for her during the sensational She-Hulk uh issue of uh, 1989, I believe, is when it first came out. So, uh, everyone who's getting pissed about that Deadpool's the only one who breaks the fourth wall, uh, guess what? She-Hulk was doing it before Deadpool was even a thing. As I recall, Deadpool didn't come out until early to mid-90s. Yeah, he was in the 90s. Yeah, so he was he's relatively new, and She-Hulk was doing it long before him, so... That's probably the inspiration for, for Deadpool, to tell you the truth. <clears throat> it's it's got to be someone in there who's like, yeah, we should do an entire character based around this. Instead of these little one-off jokes here and there. So she thought it would be... It wouldn't be She-Hulk without breaking the fourth wall. So they were doing a little homage to the original creator. I shouldn't say the original creator, but the uh, most popular series for them. Um... We should talk about some of the uh, kick-ass people who are going to be in this uh, series, though. All right. Lay it on me. Lay it on you. Well, Jamila Jamil, we got to see. Some people would know her from The Good Place. 
Uh, if you haven't watched The Good Place, I <laughs> highly recommend it. It is. Oh my god, I remember. I I started watching it after the third season had come out, but before the fourth, the final season came out. And man, could I not put it down. <laughs> when the fourth season came out, I was like, oh my god, where can I stream it from? Because I'd watched the first three seasons on Netflix, and I was like, where the hell can I stream this from, damn it? Found out I could stream it on on Hulu. Uh, Jamila yeah. Jamil, I think that's really her big claim to fame was um, was The Good Place. And now she's going to be Titania. It's going to be great. Apparently she also played in the uh, Wonder Woman in DC's League Super of Super Pets. <laughs> that's crazy. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, so I mean, Jamila Jamil uh, plays Titania. It's another person who's born like right around where when I was. She's only four years older than I am, but whatever. Uh, okay, Deb, you'll get your gamma powers someday. G- Ginger Gonzaga. I don't know who that is. I've never heard that name. Uh, sp- she was in Space Force. Oh, okay. Uh, um not really sure as who um but she's gonna be in it she plays nikki i believe so um jennifer walter's best friend gotcha and paralegal mark ruffalo's in there yeah i did find out something interesting about the hulk and the rights to the hulk and how they work because technically marvel doesn't actually own the hulk outright but I think they will soon, because the um, the rights are coming up to a to an exp- expiration. I guess the way it works is that the Hulk can't have his own movie. He has to be with somebody. He has to be a side character. He can so be like a like main character, but a side side main character. Yeah, so it's like Nemor. Like that's why they can introduce him in. Um... Black the Panther, Black Panther movie, but he can't have his own movie. Yes, so very similar to what Namor is going to have have to be for us, which is okay. I mean, they're working it in pretty well. Yeah, they'll just end up buying all the studios. They're going to buy out everybody except for Sony, and be right. like, "You bastards! Like, you can you can sell us the thing back." Or we'll buy you. <laughs> Josh Sagara. Not sure if you're familiar with who that is. No. Josh Sagara. The thing I know him from is Sirens. You ever seen Sirens? No. It was a comedy television show that was so goddamn funny, and I can't believe it got canceled after two seasons. He played. Uh, he played a cop who would get into ridiculous situ ridiculous situations. Uh, you know, it, just go on Netflix and watch Sirens because it's real difficult to explain the series. Okay. It's it's Is totally it worth it. Sci-fi or no? No, it's Sirens as in like uh, it's a comedy series about uh let's see uh EMTs and police officers and the occasional uh, firefighters. It's hilarious. You should watch it. Gotcha. There's only like 20-something episodes, so it's not really long. But it's fantastic. Uh, John Bass, not really sure who that is. 
Renee Elise Goldsberry. Not sure what that is. Tim Roth is going to be in it. He's re um, playing his character from the original Hulk movie. That's Abomination. The Abomination, or um, what's his actual name? Emil Blonsky. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I know some people have like mixed feelings on Tim Roth. Uh, I enjoy him. I don't know I how you don't get know a mixed if you've feeling. Seen, uh, there's a. Oh, I have to look this up now. There's a, a TV show that he was on for Fox. Lie to me. Lie to me. Yes, oh, lie to me. It's so good. Yeah, that one is, and it has fantastic. a little crossover with a show called Mental, um, which is also good. Um, really worth going back and watching those. Uh, he plays a really interesting character. If you're into like uh, Columbo and like those episodes where like you don't know what's going on until like the end of the episode and like everything's kind of broken down, that's what it's like. Uh, if you've ever I, played L.A. Noir, it's like watching someone play L.A. Noir in a television show for 45 yes. minutes to an hour. I'm just doubting everything everyone says. <laughs> So, so the the sh- the premise of the show is that this guy has traveled all over the world. He's the foremost expert on how thing how all things lying. So he understands the ticks, the gestures, the unconscious things that we do while we lie, and he's fantastic at observing people while they're lying and and knowing that they're lying, and. The way he plays it is just, like, so serious, but at the same time, likable, even though he's kind of an ass most of the time. I like Tim yeah, I mean, Everything he's, I've he's ever seen him in, he's really good. Kind of an ass, just, like, to get um, the information he needs. Yeah, he's very good at playing the ass, even though he's not really, a, like, the dick. But... When he interrogates someone, you you can see, and then you gotta give these these one-off actors and actresses who play these people some credit because they're doing what looks like an unconscionable or an unconscious tick for lying, but it's not actually unconscious. You, they're obviously doing it consciously, and yeah. I don't know that I could do that without breaking character and may not making it look natural, I should say, but yeah, it's, it's it, real it, fascinating. They talk about, uh, micro expressions in the show. Yes. So exactly. like they have to coordinate when they're going to do a micro expression, which is pretty cool. It's amazing how, how naturally they get it out too. And they did this for five, six seasons. I think I can't. Remember. Yeah, it had a couple of seasons. It was it was very good. I was excited to be a part of it as an audience member. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good thing that Tim Roth has has been in. Uh, plus, he's a big um, friend of Quentin Tarantino. I was trying to think of his name for a second. I almost lost it. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. He's been in a bunch of his stuff, including Pulp Fiction. Uh, what was the, was it Four Rooms? Have you ever seen that one from Quentin Tarantino? I've heard of that one. That one's where I don't think I've seen that Tim one. Roth plays a Jerry Lewis type bellhop character 
fantastic at it. And he he ends up spending the night in these four rooms that are full of insane people. And the last one is the penthouse where Quentin Tarantino makes his entrance. Not as Quentin Tarantino, but as some crazy billionaire jackass who wants to give him like a, a few thousand dollars to cut off someone's finger. <laughs> it's a real no, I weird have, I've scenario. That, yeah. It's no, a it's real weird. weird scenario at the end of the movie, and he, he bets this guy. He's like, I want you to cut this guy's finger off. I'll give you, I think it was like $10,000 or something like that. The guy is totally consenting, and the guy's like, yep, I'm good. Do it. And he's like, all you got to do is just take this butcher knife, cut this guy's finger. But you know how Quentin Tarantino does it. He goes into this long, drawn-out explanation of all this baloney, makes it philosophical for no fucking reason. And then at the end of the whole thing, Tim Roth is like, hmm, okay. He grabs it, smacks it down, takes the money, and walks out of the room. And uh, then I think he leaves the hotel at that point because it's the end of his shift. It was uh, it was a good movie. Pretty good. I lost yeah, what, what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were talking about who's going to be in. Uh, Benedict movie. Wong as Wong. So Wong's going to make an oh, appearance. Oh, Wong. He's actually going to make an appearance in most of the episodes. So uh, there are nine episodes total. He's going to be in eight of them, according to IMDb. So obviously the first one is the one that he is not in. So we will be seeing him in the rest of the uh, movies. Very nice. Uh, I assume it has something to do with the fight scene that we see in Shang-Chi. Yeah, where he's, he's uh, fighting Abomination. He seems to be a bit of a friend of, well, or at least an acquaintance of Emil Blonsky slash the Abomination. Like he's trying to help him somehow. He may be trying to rehabilitate him by, you know, putting him in the ring and letting him get his energy out. I don't know. Uh, Charlie Cox is going to be in eight episodes, so obviously the very first one is the one we don't see him in. Uh, Charlie Cox is in Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. I think the Kingpin might make a, a uh, probably if we're talking about like the street level um, heroes, the likelihood of hearing from Kingpin is probably pretty high. Which means uh, maybe we'll also see uh, Haley Steinfeld is um, Hawkeye. Yes, yes, that would be very, very cool. Uh, something I did find out today reading is that um, this is not the first time that they've attempted to put Jennifer Walters slash the She-Hulk into uh, cinema slash TV. Uh, the very first time they actually tried was back in 1989. They wanted her to appear in the television film The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Um, uh, yeah, I was assuming that would be part of um, Lou Ferrigno's uh, run as the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, it was the. I think it was just a, the made-for-TV movie, The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, character obviously didn't appear, um, and a proposed television series featuring the She-Hulk on ABC was canceled a year later. Uh, apparently in 1991, a film based on the character entered development at New World Pictures uh, with Larry Cohen serving as director. 
and Bridget Nielsen was apparently the the actress they were choosing to play the She-Hulk. Interesting. Um, she participated in a promotional photo shoot, but and and the film ended up going nowhere after that. So, and then it didn't pop up until obviously the the MCU became a huge thing, and now they're looking for a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of uh, properties that they can throw into the Marvel. Yeah, Cinematic I mean she's Universe. a pretty important current character. Is she? Mm-hmm. You would know better than me on that one. I mean, she was uh, she was on uh, the Avengers until recently. Oh, she's been in a bunch of those different uh, team ups. She she stepped in for Ben Grimm on the Fantastic Four before. Yep, uh, she's done that. Uh, she was uh, part of A Force. A Force, is... yeah. Yep. Um... I mean, she's she's just been kind of all over the place in yeah. the yeah. in the MCU. She's one of those. Um, well, like a lot of stuff takes place in New York City in comic books. Like everything takes place uh, in New like, York City. It, more or less everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so she just she's she's around and. She does stuff. So she's around yeah. and she does stuff. That's fantastic. You know, so. great, great explanation, right? Yeah, but no, she's she has a very long history in the uh, Marvel universe. Yes, uh, she's been around since 1980, like we said, and she's been going strong ever since. Um, I think we should talk a little bit about the about the movie. I'm not, I don't think we need to go too much into the comic book history, but I'll probably come to you. When it comes to, did I say movie? I meant television show. God damn it! <laughs> so, uh, in this in this show, we've explained some of what was going on. So it starts off with her in a big case. She's practicing her uh, closing argument, I think, and then she uh, she starts going into it while her best friend Nikki is there. After she finishes it. Finishes it. Um, she goes into sort of a fourth wall break, and then we get a flashback to how she became She-Hulk. So that was a majority of the of the show, finding out how she became She-Hulk. We see the car crash, the subsequent beating up of the biker gang, and then uh, Bruce takes her back to where he was during the blip uh, to become the Smart Hulk. Where he melded brains and brawn together um, to sort of train her and help her figure it out, but uh, it only—it looks like it only took a couple of months for her to get used to what was going on. It seems since she can uh, basically I don't even turn know off. If it was that long. Well, they, they said it was three months beforehand sense. from that case she was working on to. Um, when she became She-Hulk, it could have been a lot less. It may, maybe I, I think at most probably a month, maybe a month and a half. She was out of commission total, but it seemed like it's so. You could tell that uh, Bruce or the Hulk was getting a little jealous of the fact that she was able to 
retain her intelligence. Now, let me ask you this. Is there an alter ego that she has in the comic? Um, so, like, it, it, there are some instances where she loses control of uh, herself. So, um, uh, when she takes, like, additional uh, jolts of gamma radiation, it can... Uh, force her into uh, like a bigger Hulk form that's uh, closer to like the the Incredible Hulk. Um, so she just gets beefier. She gets way beefier, and then I uh, like uh, it. This has the same issues that the Hulk has, just like unbridled rage. Um, and like the the whole thing about the Hulk is that he's supposed to be, you know, a uh, a reflection of like a a man who can't control his temper, right? Yeah. So that's the metaphor. The metaphor is, uh, you know, someone who is unable to uh, control their emotions, someone who is uh, like a raw nerve, um, and like well you know, express themselves by being violent. Um, gotcha. So there, there, there are moments like that, uh, but there's not a whole like thing for her that, um, I've seen so far, but again, I haven't read quite as much of, uh, she Hulk as I have, uh, like things like X-Men. Yeah. For the most part, it seems she's, uh, completely in control of when she can turn in and turn off. Uh, her ability, which probably has something to do with the fact that she didn't exactly take a whole lot of his blood. It seems like it's not huge for her. I don't know yeah. what everyone was complaining about with the CGI in this show. People were complaining about the trailer having bad CGI. I don't think that was the case. No. Also, I have to point out, like, as someone who's lived through, like, the like rise of CGI with like you know Toy Story starting and then um uh if you remember Final Fantasy the Spirits Within movie remember that movie yeah I do remember that movie that was the one with the yeah. ghosts right yeah it it was pretty pretty good for the time but like if you go back and watch it now it looks like yeah you know someone's go rendered go. a stick figure and they're moving <laughs> on pretty stiffly. Go back and watch uh, some of the uh, shows from the early 90s that used CGI. I'm talking yeah. like Star Trek, um, Babylon 5 is a really good example of how amazing it would have looked in the in the 1990s. Oh. And how shit go back and, it looks go back right and watch now. Stargate. Like some of the Stargate stuff is pretty good some of it's also like uh some of it's uh, <laughs> not god quite awful, god awful crap yeah like <laughs> really uh, bad like um, the death gliders usually look like god awful crap but this is this is pretty good like the the cgi on this show is pretty good when you say um, pretty good i think you mean amazing Yes, skin, very. It's very, very good. The skin um, tone so, on, on both the She-Hulk and the Hulk is so impressive. It looks as though 
there are pores, actual pores on their skin right. that we could touch and feel as if like, they were. It looks like right real there. skin. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just green. It's, it's green. It looks um, like real skin, though. It's got but the right the, texture. I think and one everything. of the things that happens with uh, uh, animation, um, CGI, uh, is a, a, a term called the uncanny valley. So uh, there is a space between um, like a very rudimentary drawing. You know what it represents. Uh, you understand what it's going for. Uh, you know, it gets better. It gets better. Uh, it's still clearly like a cartoon version of X. You know what it represents. You know what it means. You can identify it. It doesn't feel weird or look weird. It's just, you know, it's just not quite where it could be. Uh, but it's, it, it represents something and that's good. It's okay. Yeah, I think I think the terminology that you are, you're trying to describe, at least for me, is that you are... <sighs> will never be so close to real that you won't notice that it's not real. Right. So there, there's even, this, even there's this fakes, space. Even deep fakes, when you look at them, there's something off about them. And it's usually, if you're watching them, it's usually the audio is off by just a half a second. You don't really know that's the problem. You just know that there is a problem, and you can't figure out why. Right. Uh, that or, like, the movement. You can tell the movement is slightly off. Uh, something moves, and the other part doesn't move for, like, a fraction of a second. Exactly. Your, um, your brain but, uh, your brain notices it but ignores it entirely. Right. And you're your, just consciously trying to figure out why it's weird. Is everything... From when it starts to represent real to actual uh, might as well be real. So everything in between those uh, can be anything, including like uh, some some recent video games have been really good at rendering people, but still uh, like off by just enough that you know it's definitely a computer. Like um, like Red Dead Redemption Two is a good example. It looks good. It moves good most of the time, I have a good but def- there's something about it that is just just far enough off that you know it's not real. So uh, I, I think here, I'm going to give you a definition and then I've got a, an example that some people could probably associate. So the uncanny valley, uh, this is from verywellmind.com, the definition. Uh, So the uncanny valley is a term used to describe the relationship between the human-like appearance of a robotic object and the emotional response it evokes. In this phenomenon, people feel a sense of unease or even revulsion in response to humanoid robots that are highly realistic. I think a great example of this would be the fact that some of the creepiest horror movies are usually about human realistic dolls. And I think some people find them very uncomfortable, especially because they're like waiting for them to move. And then you get that sense that they are moving and they're watching you and shit like that. It's kind of an, I think that's a pretty good example. Could be wrong, but I think it's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. They they did an Uh, entire movie of it in iRobot. Yes. He was completely Uh, averted and revolted. 
when when humanoid robots uh, exist, because they inevitably will, uh, because nobody learns any lessons from any of these stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> we had we had the, three decades of movies about this. You fucking assholes. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, the first ones will probably be like, you know, Johnny five. It'll look like a robot. It'll sound like a robot. Uh, and then they, as they get better, more uh, higher power technology, things that are easier to integrate into smaller spaces, uh, they'll be able to make them look more human so they can perform more tasks, right? Perform and, more realistic tasks as, yes, as opposed so to... Yes, so you might be in a doctor's office talking to a robot. Instead and of a you receptionist. Might, and instead of a receptionist, or maybe instead of a, like a doctor, if it's something like a general practitioner, someone who's not doing things that are like uh, highly specialized. Or um, highly skilled is what you're going for. No, highly specialized, like very specific... Um, like, and like you'll know, somebody, you'll know that something is. Somebody call the dermatologist. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I'm pretty sure that's exactly where that kind of stuff is going. That's possible. Uh, a lot of stuff will be taken over by um, robots, and that'll be fine as long as we, you know, make sure that uh, real living human beings are taken care of. Yeah, don't at, take our uh, jobs. A standard level. They can take my fucking job. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. Uh, <laughs> they, can't they can take, take my, my job all I want. As long as I get like uh, universal pay or whatever it's called. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. So yeah. But the the animation in the show is great. Yeah. Over, overall, it was uh, it was fantastic. I also, mean, if you don't like it, go it, and animate go something it. better. Yeah, go suck it. Yeah. Stop complaining and figure out how to do it better. Bastards. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought overall it was good. Um I especially loved the post credit scene for the movie. Oh god, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I didn't expect any sort of post credits thing, by the way. I'm always um, expecting it. I like, always expect it. I, I would have expected it on the last episode. You know? Uh, yeah. I Not think the first episode. I saw the reaction that Chris Evans had to it. He was laughing his ass off on Twitter after he uh, yeah he posted about it today. So, spoiler alert! Please uh, speed ahead to you know five minutes uh, because <laughs> yeah, we're going to describe the post credit scene if you want to watch it yourself. So, in this post credit scene, uh, we see uh, Bruce is as smart, smart Hulk and uh, Tatiana Maslanius is Jennifer, Jennifer Walters. Uh, not the She-Hulk, so she's basically in her human form. They're sitting there, and then they're drinking at uh, Bruce's bar on the beach. And so he's sitting there, they're drinking, and she's talking about how uh, America's ass, or Captain America, died a virgin. And I'm, I, I, she says died, but I think it's because nobody realizes that he went back in time. Nobody knows he went back in time and stayed there. Yeah, it, just it, it said seems he, like that's something that's probably only known to uh, the people who are close to him. Yeah, so yeah. it seems like the, apparently everyone thinks that Captain America died along with Iron Man. Right. Uh, 
at the end of Endgame. So that is probably going to pop up at some point in the future, I imagine. But anyway, so she's sitting there, she's talking, I can't believe he died a virgin, this is crazy. He was, he was such a dork nerd, then he became a super awesome dude, and then, you know, he got frozen for 70 years to wake up, and all he did were missions and shit. And so, uh, Bruce basically breaks down thinking that she or uh, Jennifer Walters is uh, drunk, super drunk, and won't remember anyway. And so he's like, no, he lost his virginity to a USO at a USO show to some girl. And and she's like, oh my god, I knew it. And he's like, what? You weren't drunk? And she goes, Captain America, fuck. And then it cut off before she finished her her word. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. 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 Just, Just make sure to... Sit around and wait for that post credit scene when you've watched the, the show entirely, if you haven't already. If you have already and you missed the fact that there was a post credit scene, go back and watch it. Yeah, the, the description isn't going to ruin it for you. It's no, it's, it's much funnier the way that she does it than the way that I do it. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's really She-Hulk. I mean, the only thing that happens other than that that I want to talk about is... The whole arm thing. His arm being healed. Yeah. So, uh, what's weird, or this is why I know that Shang-Chi happens after She-Hulk, is because, or, or relatively close to the same time, is that uh, in the Shang-Chi post credit scene, we see Bruce Banner as his human character, and his arm is completely healed, I believe. So we knew it was going to happen, we just didn't know how, and it was sort of a throwaway thing in the beginning of the show, where Jennifer is different in the way that she has become the She-Hulk, so he was able to use her blood on himself in order to heal his arm quicker. Now what's real interesting is that I remember a few years back, after Endgame came out and it was all over... Feige had come out and say, well, he's going to have that arm permanently. There's just no fixing it. And then all of these, oh my god, he's going to turn into the mastermind or whatever the the super smart home. Maestro. Maestro, yes. He's going to turn into the maestro now because he's lost basically his ability to be brawny. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, now i got to learn what the maestro is. (laughs) So... Uh, right now, as it stands, he's got his arm back, so I don't think the maestro's happening anytime soon, if at all. Which is uh, no. If at all. Maybe. I mean, it, there's always that possibility, but I don't think so. I it, The way it's going, it doesn't seem likely. No. So, I mean, but, there are some things that definitely could be brought in. Um, so if they're going to go all in on um, bringing in uh, more like gamma radiated heroes. Uh, they could be setting up Doc Samson. Um, they could be doing. Mm. Uh, uh, oh God, now I forgot his fucking name. Um, <laughs> Amadeus Cho. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm glad that you can read my mind. I, uh, I well, I I knew that 
Amadeus Joe is another Hulk. Uh, yeah. Wasn't he a... He's like a... His, his initial <laughs> ability is just that he's super smart. Ah, got so it. So he, he wasn't a Hulk at first. He was just super duper smart. Wasn't he like a... He was like an apprentice or an intern or something for Bruce? He uh, worked for Atlas, which is... Um, the team that is formed by Jimmy Chu, which is the agent that is played by Randall Park. Randall Park. Um, We've so seen I want and WandaVision. agents of Atlas so bad. If there's anything that I want to happen, I imagine that's... that is outside like a mainline hero is Agents of Atlas. I imagine I it seems Park. it seems like they really want to give Randall Park a bigger. I MCU. love Randall Park. I love he Randall is, Park for everything he's been in. He is so funny. Have you ever he have you ever heard so his funny. have you ever heard his interview with I think I think it's uh, Colin. No, what's his name? Is it Colin? Why is that Conan? Conan O'Brien. Uh, so he had a an interview with Co, uh, Coco <laughs> about. Um, uh, I don't even remember what he was was doing at the time. I think it was for the interview. I think it was a. Uh, you remember the movie, the interview? Yes. Yeah, that was a silly movie. Uh, yeah. So he was doing uh, an interview for the interview, and then Conan brought up the fact that he was in the office for a cold open. Like it's like a ten minute thing that he was in, less than ten minutes, five minute thing that he was in for one of the office episodes where he plays mm-hmm. Asian Jim. Uh, Asian. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, when it, he had forgotten that he had done that because he didn't <laughs> realize it was such a big thing. Like, he went in, he spent like an hour doing all of his stuff for that, and then he was done. And then he just sort of forgot about it. And then, like, two, two years later, he was uh, filling up on gas, and some guy drove by him and said, Oh my God, hey, Asian Jim. And he's he's looking at him, and he's got a confused face, and he said, says to Conan, I thought he was being super racist to me for some reason. I didn't get it. <laughs> and then and then he, he gets home, and he says something uh, to, I think, his wife. And his wife's like, hey, you were, you were Asian Jim from The Office. And he's like, oh, my God, I completely forgot. I thought someone was being super racist to me. <laughs> <laughs> but Randall Park is just as funny in my opinion as Paul Rudd and they work so oh well together God. I'm glad that uh, we got introduced to his character in the Ant-Man so oh, yeah absolutely. that looks pretty good I mean that's it uh, that's all I got for, for the She-Hulk um, we've done about an hour that's pretty good it's nice. not bad I know we didn't do too much about the comic book but Really, this was about the the show for us. Yeah, I mean, we touched on like the important things. Like, yeah, uh, I think I know. think the the comic book stuff we we needed to know, we brought up, but I think we did it. We did it! Hooray! Hooray. We did it! So, uh, yeah, um, follow us on Twitter, Facebook at Seven Days to RSG. Don't forget and, to catch. Uh, we F- are in the process of setting up a Patreon, so. Yes. If you like this and want it to expand, 
Uh, you can definitely hit us up there once we've uh, launched it. We'll put that on our Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, we can uh, talk about whatever the hell you guys want. Honestly, hit us up on that uh, at, at Twitter, at Facebook. Hit us up and let us know if there's something specific you'd like us to cover. Yeah. There's if also you want to hear our stupid opinions about stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah we got stupid us. opinions about a lot of stuff. Um, oh yeah, catch us for our Stargate Sundays, our Fanspiracy Theory Thursdays, and Comic Book Fridays. Like I said, we're trying to do at least at least one, possibly two per week. Uh, it's just one of those things. You had a new, you have a new baby. Yeah basically get real busy so uh we'll be we'll be doing something that every week at least so yeah we'll get you one each week catch us catch us up so uh we'll talk to you guys later we wish you seven days to rock and stone rock and stone guardians